your left, Marvel Talk on Get Into Geek Episode 3. We are back to talk some Moon Knight action, possibly the episode that changed it all. Before we get into it, my name is Mitch, and uh, I'm here every week. And so is Maddie. Maddie Gibson, how you doing? Yeah, good. Salmon. Uh, we're the only two rolling this week. Uh, I've been saying the last two weeks we've been rolling at 75% strength through our Marvel chats, so what has been the Marvel team in the past. But uh, Dane is yet to... We'll catch up on Moon Knight. I'm going to be honest. I just thought he wasn't able to make it. Sure, he couldn't make it in our last two records, but he also hadn't caught up on the show. This time around, Emma unavailable. That's fine. We all, you know, like we all entitled to some sick leave. But uh, you know what? I just, I just, I just think Matthew that maybe in there there is just some feelings of disloyalty, some lies, deception. <laughs> And I'm going to throw it your way, buddy, because we're recording this well after the fact. Not only are we recording this well after episode four, Ed, we're recording this well after episode five, Ed. And uh, I had said to you guys in a joke, um, you know what, we better record this before we watch episode five, because I think whatever goes on in episode five, uh, it's going to kind of make our thoughts on episode four redundant. And we're like, yeah, let's do that. And we, we couldn't make it happen that night. And then you kind of chimed in with a little little funny line and you go, well, I'll tell you what, you guys had no idea that I'd seen episode four when we recorded our chat for episodes two and three. And <laughs> my mind exploded. I felt deceived. Deceiver! We have been deceived. Well, the hero was thinking you're about to throw Dane under the bus, not me. No, God, no. No, it was you. No, I'm, I'm, look, I'm throwing you under the bus, but also to congratulate you and also set the challenge because we are here to talk episode four because that's all I've seen and I refuse to watch episode five until I've done this chat. And uh, it's, I guess, up to you to try and remember your thoughts on episode four and theories that you had at the end of it without going into what may or may not have come true once you watched episode five, which I, I again, someone who hasn't seen five, I would imagine would be tough, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's quite easy. Well, Mitch, you and I have been doing this long enough. You know, I take notes. You know, I'm a, I'm a habitual note taker. <laughs> well, the, the, the text that you sent through when, when I said, oh, so are we going to be able to do this? You said, oh, don't worry. I've got notes. Episode four isn't getting away scot-free. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. I'm... I'm interested to um, to find out. So let's crack into I, it. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of episode four. Yeah, okay. The tomb. It kind of bugged me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I did love all the um, uh, Alexander the Great stuff. I mm. thought that was fantastic. Um, I loved all the that scene where... They're sort of breaking down the the eye, the Horus eye, and the it's the six pars and the six. All that stuff was really, really, really cool. But then the rest of it for me was just like, what what are we doing? What like what's going on? Like it's set up right at the very very start. You see Konshu's little totem, mm. for lack of a better word, whatever, being going and put like on the shelf with all the other gods, and it's like, okay, if that's what happens anytime one of the Egyptian gods gets, like, bound, why are we searching for Amit somewhere else? Why wasn't she there? Mm. Like, as if you remember, like, Khonshu wasn't in the pyramid when he was bound. He was out turning the sky back. Yeah. And as the other gods are binding him, the little statue is, like, building itself in front of them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if that's how they bound Amit, why wouldn't they have Amit's little... So then the whole the whole series is basically about Harrow trying to find Amit's little statue. So I'm like, yeah. why isn't Amit on the shelf with everybody else? I feel like that's a really glowing omission. Yeah. Just in terms of we need to we need to know that maybe 
maybe someone's gone in and, and like maybe Alexander the Great thousands of years ago stole it mm. and has had has had they need to tell us that yeah because to me I'm like what's not clicking what's not <laughs> clicking it's it's not making sense come on guys make it make sense I guess it's one of that like we we talked last week about how this show can feel at times very episodic and it, it might be the best television format show they've they've had so far but it also feels uh for different members of the team or in different episodes like a movie that's been cut into six parts so yeah that could be something that's coming in episode five or episode six that it's like well when you watch it sequentially you know all together it's going to be fine you you won't have that problem but yeah if you're gonna have that detail now and uh, to be honest and you know me i'm not I'm not a smart up here in the old noggin. I didn't. I actually didn't even think about that, but it makes a good point. And yeah, okay, maybe they explain it away by being like, "Well, she was really bad, so they, you know, that's why they had to lock her away and and only tell the one guy who sarcophagus the guys later broke into, you know, what episode three or whatever. But she was so bad, she got kept separate to the others. But it's like, does that fly? She, probably not. Why? What made her so special? If that's the case, like, yeah. yeah she seemed and then like. like- and they set up, they made this whole thing about how, you know, they're insinuating that Alexander the Great was one of Amit's, like, avatars. Mm. So it's like, well then, so then when he was done, it was, like, down in his throat, and I'm just like, what? So, like, so, when he got, like, mummified, you know, obviously we, you know, as sweaties for all that kind of stuff, know yep. about the process of mummification, taking out all the organs, putting them in the canopic jars, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, okay, well, someone would have had to have put that inside... Alexander the Great, mm-hmm. you know, as he was being mummified. And so it's like, who was doing that and why? And I'm just like, it just seems like a lot of unnecessary steps. Yeah. Yeah. Just to have some kind of like cool looking prologue. Like that shot's got to mean something. you got to, you got to imagine if they go out there and put Conchu on the Surely. shelf and then they you, you pull back and you're like, oh, there's a, there's a shit. Maybe that's where all of our Stargate gods are sitting on the shelves there that's yeah, why we're getting sort yeah. of the leftovers and people we otherwise sort of haven't heard of but um yeah i mean there was obviously the the insinuation was at episode three where harrow and i think it's horace like mm. horace's avatar were like doing something shady talking and that kind of stuff so like maybe he's helped out maybe given that he's the one that put conchu's little statue on the shelf maybe he's the one that took Amit's off the shelf and put it somewhere but it's like that would have had to have been done thousands of years ago when Alexander the Great was still around yeah so but then he was her avatar which means and can't from what I'm understanding in the same way that Oscar Isaac's characters are the are the avatars of of Conchu it's like well the that god has to be alive to be the avatar, so I'm yeah, I'm very confused. <laughs> is this something that threw you off from the start, or did you only have the issue with it in hindsight? Like, did it put you off from the episode, and it had to sort of gain your trust back, or? Um, no, because I think because that on the shelf, that off the on the shelf scene sort of hit me weird straight away, but then I kind of just moved on because obviously we don't get the whole Alexander the Great in the throat thing till yeah almost at the end. So it was kind of after that that I was like, oh, why is she and what it just seemed like a lot. I was like, oh, mm. okay, that's that's a lot going on. So I'm hoping to get some kind of resolution to that because it just does. It almost just seems like one of those things that's just been a bit of a filler to stretch mm. out. You know, things where where they need to go. Because yeah, there was a lot of that tomb stuff, like the whole mummy thing. I was like, really? What being chased by like the evil, the, the the doctors sort of thing, the or whatever? Because I didn't I didn't get what they were, what they were supposed to be. And for me, you know, again, chalk this up to me being an idiot. But like they break into the tomb. And when I first saw that thing, just like, 
you know, clicking its way through, coming back in, and and uh, and she, uh, Layla, was hiding, and Steve's up the top. I'm like, holy shit, that's her. Something about it looked kind of feminine the way that, but I guess you know the Egyptians, the same, sort of, you know, their headpieces and stuff. Um, you know, not to generalize, but looked a little bit more feminine. So I, for that second, thought, holy shit, that's Ahmet. Like. Because that's what they were going in to do, right? There's fresh blood, so there's a sacrifice. And, you know, uh, I don't know where the rest of the crew were, but uh, I honestly thought that's what it was. And because how threatening they were trying to make this creature look and, you know, dragging that body, which a lot of people are saying it's the most horrific sort of scene or certainly episode or horror themed. But that scene in particular, as far as gore goes, you didn't really see it, but just the theater of the mind of... It ripping up that that bearded what was the cop at that point the cop that arrested Steve back in his apartment in episode yeah. two yeah puts him up there and then just straight down into his chest and you just hear the the knife going down his belly it's you got the a squishy sound squishy and the bone bones crunching sound yeah. Disg- yeah. like it was it was like sickly and because you know again you're there watching it through Layla's eyes or her ears rather because she's trying to hear it say quiet herself and all that like it was a, a horror movie setting so I really um I really like that but mm-hmm. I otherwise didn't know what that was supposed to be and even if it what they are doesn't matter how are they alive like the idea that they would just go into a tomb and there would be these creatures now but once sort of you know doctors of the you know of alexander the great maybe at the time or whoever was in the tomb that they were buried around would just come back to life because they were there i'm like is it just one of those things we're supposed to watch as fans and go oh well egyptians right mummies oh classic no, like I want to know why that thing all of a sudden after thousands of years came back to life, you know? Did Yeah, there was that one line where Layla and Steven, maybe even in the Six Path Room, mm. were talking about they see some, some you know, hieroglyphics up on the wall and they talk about the people that must have... Been buried embalmed, with them or something. Or, buried or, or, with un- them or whatever, yeah. yeah. But it's like we only see one. It seems to be killing off Harrow's entire sort of group of people. Yeah. Harrow never once mentions it yep. or seems upset by it or concerned by it, mm. given that it's almost there. I mean, are they there to protect grave robbers from Alexander the Great? Are they there mm. to protect Amit from grave? Like, who? Who? What's their motive? What's the What's the killer mummy's motivation? <laughs> um, and then it's kind of just like one and done. Mm. And then Harrow spends in most of this entire episode just talking to Layla about. You know, insinuating, you know, what happened to her dad and mm. was Mark there and, you know, and, and sowing distrust between those two. And then has no, no even sort of acknowledgement of the mum. I mean, he may not know that the mummy is killing things, but two episodes ago, he's like, he's like, you know, resurrecting evil jackal, mm. invisible mummy wear dog things to kill people. So it's like, well... Wouldn't if he knew about it? Wouldn't he like raise a couple of those to, yeah, to like help protect or them or yeah. help? Or it's just a lot going on with not a lot of explanation. Yeah, I, I didn't know whether to take that as like, well, it's all part of the sacrifice towards you know either the goal of getting Amit or to Amit if you know her minions. Are, I, I I don't know. I was yeah, some kind of sacrifice. It's like all we need to know is like, okay, if Harrow is so fucked up in the brain that he knew he had to bring men with him as a sacrifice mm. to Amit. Then I'm fine. I'm yeah. sweet. Yeah, you know. And you only did him to say that. Like that. I think that would make. I know. Yeah, that's of course what you're saying. But even the idea of him saying to Steve and Allmark at one point, saying, you know, these people, they're willing to give their life to Ahmed. You know, like, and just to sort of see them stand there and be like, yeah, we would. Even though Harrow's the leader, mm. so he's not gonna. He's gonna be the last one to sacrifice himself. And I'm wondering what will happen to him by the end of this. Is he going to resurrect Ahmed? 
and then her turn and kill him straight away. And it's going to be like, well, yeah, you were doing this for the wrong reason. Like he thinks he's doing it because she's going to cleanse the world of evil, but he's been doing wrong things the whole time. He has been murdering people. And obviously come the end of this episode or towards the end, he shoots Mark point blank in the chest and with the aim to kill him. And it's like, yeah, I, I know that you said along the way that the, you know, the, what is it? The cure is just a little taste of the disease. And, uh, and that sometimes, you know, you got to walk a little bit of the, of the dark path, you know, on the road to good sort of thing. But I don't know. I just feel like, is he going to, is he going to happily sacrifice himself or is he going to be killed by Amit? And he's going to, that's going to, you know, take him by surprise because he sacrificed so much. Well, is, is Amit, like, is she relegated to the same rules as everyone else? I would assume in that she, even if she's resurrected, she can't do anything oh, without yeah. Sorry, an, av- I didn't even without think an avatar. Yeah. Is, yeah. She, is she going to need an avatar? Which I guess I'd never thought about it until you were just talking about it. Then I'm going, it would be kind of interesting for him to be like, here, I offer myself to you as your avatar. She kills him and then say, takes Layla yeah. as, as her avatar instead so that then Mark and Layla have some... Because the whole reason Mark's been doing this whole thing is because Khonshu's been like, I want Layla as my avatar. She's a way better avatar than you because yeah. she's also fucked in the brain. So I'm like, that could be interesting. Well, and then for for Mark and Layla to actually have like a superpower fight yeah. against each other could be interesting. Could be the end of it. Like, you know, there, there is talk that it's not going to get a season two. That's not the plan of this character is to have... Which I actually oh. find really surprising. I know we, I mentioned it briefly last week, but... I watch this and I'm like, I would happily see, like that. Have you know, I want to see uh, Thor movies, right? And I want to see you know Ant Man movies, ones that are still going. Or I would have watched Captain America movies, but I'd be happy to have Moon Knight have a six hour film broken up into parts, and that's his contribution to his solo adventures within the MCU. Sure, give him a um, you know a a, a a team up series in midnight suns or having pop into you know a future not avengers film but something down the line where he pops up in a movie to say yeah i can play with the big boys and in the big budget but um yeah i find it really surprising that they would just go here's your origin story and now we're just going to use you in team ups and that's i guess the big worry Mm. about the mcu as it goes on it's like well avengers was massive and then spider-man no way home was massive and then dr strange we're going to see in a couple of days and it's got a surplus of characters and from now on we're just going to get team-up films and there's going to be no sort of character driven movies or anything and so that's why this show seems so refreshing is that it is about one character and there's no mention of anything else going on but what a way to end the series perhaps if Armit does take over layla and okay short of her sort of enacting her global genocide on evildoers get away and you know similar to i guess you know the guardians chasing down um the missing gamora at the end of avengers endgame that's what mark you know he says okay well i'll stay conscious avatar because i want to free layla and also us audiences we're simpletons conchu is a male he's got mark armit we seem to take is a female god put her in a male body it would just seem a little bit weird we do our stargate chats for most about the tokra right the tokra female tokra take over female yeah. host male tokra take over male host because it would just be well, weird well except for that one was it um uh osiris yeah osiris and osiris took uh, a male as a male god took mm. a female host that's right was yeah like, what? yeah 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 so I don't know. I I hadn't thought about that taking over Layla, and that would I guess change things for Mark. Yeah, like he's been trying to stop Conchu from taking her as his next avatar. But then in the end, Armit takes over 
her and because I I I feel like in this episode she's been established that she's her own superhero now. Mm. She's the flare with the power of flares <laughs> and could do anything with a flare. That's yeah. her signature weapon. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I didn't. I you know had no worries that they uh, were going to kill her off or anything like that. But that moment where she did get no. taken into the darkness, I was like, holy shit! Oh, is that her for the rest of the episode? And you know, we find her later. You know, blah reason. I don't know. And then she pops back out and then gets taken again. And it's like, okay, well, I think you're going to do. But she pops back out and then, you know, gets her hero moment. Yeah, and stabs a you know essentially a mummy. You know, and lights his head on fire and then gets thrown off the cliff with it. And then just holds on. I'm like, man, you've just like died and survived three times in the space of, I don't know, 45 seconds. This is crazy. But yeah, well, I, given I, I that liked... they, they did what you were hoping they wouldn't do, what we talked about in the last episode was with Konshu being bound, mm. no powers, no suit, no nothing for Mark. Like he even says it. He's like, oh, what was it? No armor, no suit, no healing, mm. whatever it is. Which is, I know you were like begrudging that last week, just going... Oh, I hope they don't do that. I hope I hope he still has his suit just without yeah. Ponchu. It's funny though, like I had to rewatch this to hear that line at the start and go, Oh, okay, so there was a reason why he didn't like they definitively said, Yeah, no, obviously I don't have my um my powers because I guess we'd seen so many times so far, especially in the start of episode three that Mark can be in a conflict and still not put on the suit. And it's not because it's a daytime thing, surely. We don't know. We Like, Conchie's around in the day, but he is a night god, so he can only, Mark only summon the suit at nighttime because that's all we've ever seen him do. But then again, he blacked out during the day, um, Stephen, in, um, uh, in episode one, but was he only Mark when he took over the body? I don't know. So uh, I had to re-watch it. But at the same time, I didn't really sit there and think about it throughout the episode. I was kind of enjoying... Uh, what was ha- and I guess because it was Stephen too, we wouldn't have seen the Moon Knight. Moon Knight character it would have been Mister Knight, if anything. But um, at the same yeah. time, I didn't sit there thinking about, you know, oh God, I wish we we would. I wish he just put the costume on now. And uh, and then I just I just saw some feedback on Twitter. It was probably after episode five came out, to be honest. But they were just saying how strange it is to prefer this show, an MCU, anything when there is no superhero around, there isn't any big fight. I just want to see some character stuff, you know, and Oscar mm. Isaac has been incredible uh, for this season. And it, it's funny. It's one of those you know um, performances where you might not give him all the credit because you just watch him as Steven. You're like, oh, Steven's a little bit annoying. Like he's lovable, but he's kind of annoying. And then Mark's a bit of a dick. And, you know, maybe, maybe each performance on its own isn't mind-blowing, but then you've got to consider that in the same scene, they will have him... And I don't mean those edits where they cut from one shot to another, like that can be done over days, but those shots where he quite clearly goes in and out of different characters and it's seamless, the accent's perfect and all that sort of stuff and um, the way that he, you know, body language and carries himself and, and like he's been brilliant. So I'm, I'm very happy to watch him get around and, and do his thing without the, um, without the costume, but it does. <laughs> if, if you're, if you're impressed now, wait till episode five. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Set myself up for failure there, but that's the thing. I, I guess I've got to think, <laughs> well, hang on. I've seen four episodes. We got moon Knight for like, I don't know, eight seconds of, uh, of episode one. And yeah, not as much uh, again in episode two, but that's because we were still learning, but we got a little bit of him more in episode mm. three nothing in four and yeah I, I even without having seen it i'm like yeah yeah we're probably not getting anything in five because of the way that this episode ends we'll touch on at some stage um okay cool i still for some reason am not that worried about it i think i'm just enjoying 
whatever's going on inside this character. So, um, you know. Well, it, yeah, I mean, didn't, was it, was it maybe Iron Man 1? And like, if you count up the amount of time he's actually in the Iron Man suit, it's maybe like 12 minutes out of the whole movie or something like that. Like it's, those early outings I think are really good in terms of, you know, you want to get to know the character before you get to know the superhero yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, because you don't care about the superhero if you don't know the person first, which to me I think is one of the main flaws, and, and people have talked about it a lot, one of the main flaws of Captain Marvel is badass superhero, but we don't know enough about the character mm. yet, and that's why a lot of people were very critical of the movie because of that non-linear way that the story was told. I've seen so many things where people have said, look, if, if you took that exact same storyline and just jumbled it around and played it more linearly mm. so that we got to know Carol first yeah. and then find out halfway through the movie, it's like, oh, where, where's her memory gone? We would be automatically more like attached to her. Yeah. We'd be attached to Carol, whereas we only know Veers through mm. the whole movie. So yeah. it's it's one of those things. So yeah, I think, I think they're doing the right thing by spending... And given that there's, you know, two, potentially three characters inside of um, Mark's body, yeah. it's like, yeah, we definitely need to take time to get to know these guys. Mm. Um, and just a little bit of, you know, of action porn with the superhero suit doing stuff, that's fine. Yeah. Well, something there just reminded me of one thing I said last week, which is where whether we were going to hate, have to hate as an audience, Mark a little bit before the end of this show and then them have to sort of redeem him. And there, are, I guess it's a tease of it in this episode because they kind of clear it up straight away because you get the feeling when Harrow plants that sort of seed in Layla's head, like, hey, you know, he was there, right? I don't know what he did, but I'm not saying he didn't do anything, but, uh, I mean, who knows? And then she confronts him about it and, uh, and he says, no, I didn't, um, but I knew about it. And it's like, oh, okay, so you didn't do it. Okay, that's, yeah, it was my partner. And it's, oh, well, okay, well. Uh, and I've seen uh, some chatter, they go, oh, I wonder whether his partner was uh, was a third personality. And it's like, oh, that's intriguing. And then re-watching it, he says, well, I was supposed to die that that day too. My partner shot me. And I'm like, all right, well, is, is one personality shooting his own body to get the other? That probably doesn't check out so much. Okay, move on from yeah. that. But um, it was more about the fact that he then met Layla and one, yeah, seemingly that that whole classic cliche line in in every movie. I was just trying to find the right way to tell you. I could never find the time to tell you. And she just like laughed in his face, which was great, yeah. and said, "Oh my god, that's why we met." It wasn't like she they knew each other, and he's went on a dig with the dad, and he's died, and he's come back and denied any knowledge. He didn't know her until he'd already been there when the dad was executed, basically, and then started up a relationship under false pretenses or whatever. So I guess that's the that's the factor now that they can they can dance around, not the fact that he was maybe involved yeah. with the dad. So my um, my first thought straight away though is when they mentioned that it's like, well, the only other time we've heard about Mark being close to death was when he met Konshu. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that's all got to be connected. It's a comic book movie. That's all got to be connected. Yeah. He's got to have like met Con, been like Conchu, like he was probably dead, like dead, maybe saving Layla's dad or yeah. something like that. He he took a bullet, whatever, and then Layla's dad's died. He's taken, he's you know met Conchu that night, and Conchu's resurrected him or whatever, and then he's got guilt over it. So he's probably looked into yeah. this guy's family, and that's how he's discovered Layla. And it's 
It's a classic comic book. That would be actually be. be a really good way of winning him back of the audience's eyes. If he, it, he just left it out when he was talking to her in this episode, but mm. that he died or got shot rather, nearly died trying to save Layla's dad and just didn't mention that. But then when it comes out in a flashback, it doesn't have to have to be something they talk about on screen, but we see it in a flashback and then automatically we get, oh, well, okay, he's in the wrong place and he's doing the wrong thing, but at least there he tried to do the right thing and it didn't work out for either of them. So... Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and goes more to what I guess I know. Sadly, Emma was saying last week that you know uh, we want to see that, but we don't know that we will see that flashback. And mm. the way that episode four ends, I'm like, oh, now there's even sort of there's more going on in present day that I don't know that we're gonna have time just to throw a throw in this sort of flashback because yeah, two hours it just. Yeah, it's Cause, yeah, because it's only six episodes. Six isn't it? episodes. I mean, it'd be lovely yeah, if wow. episode six went for two hours, and I'd feel a little bit better about it. But um, I think I think I saw a little thing on maybe Twitter, Instagram, and it's like news: the final episode of Moon Knight's going to be three hours long. <laughs> Calm down, guys. It's okay. We've got it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, on the um Alexander stuff, just before we get to that ending, because uh, that was a that was a pretty big moment, and I like that in world stuff, like where it does it does bring in our world into their world, and if they've got similar histories, like mm. Alexander the great his tomb and i didn't know that about alexander the great i didn't know that he had a um uh a a tomb no one knows where he's buried or where he died or whatever so if that's the case in our world too which i guess it was because it was such a throwaway comment that they're not going to confuse the audience by changing up history and us have to catch up Mm, because he was originally like a greek or a roman Mm. and then he got involved with cleopatra Mm -hmm. and the whole egyptian sort of thing there yeah So. so it would um I felt that it was a big deal. I thought the music was really good behind it and how like fascinated Steve, this history buff, is like, I think I'm looking, Alexander the Great. And then it you know, shows his face of the uh, of the sarcophagus. And um, yeah. It was very like Stargate meets Indiana Jones, yeah. Yeah. you know, that which is all really cool stuff. It's always great to sort of see all that kind of stuff. Oh, God, yeah. And did you like the theory, though? I don't know whether it's played out anywhere in episode five. Probably not, but even just... The online chatter posts uh, at four was that oh is this another Kang variant? We see he who the, uh, he who remains at the end of Loki, and we know that Kang has had several iterations of himself from the comics, at least from what I know about the guy, and I looked into him briefly. So anyone who does read the comics, bear with my very rookie knowledge. But he has had you know obviously in the future, but he's also had you know, variations of himself in the past where he has been there in historical moments and played, you know, bigger roles in Earth's history. And we only find out after the fact that a whole of this shit, this was actually Kang, you know, moving through time and stuff. So uh, sure, we get a body. Is it just simply a variant thing? Is it, you know, a double? I don't know. But the idea that, sure, we're going to meet Kang in Ant-Man 2, which has just been moved up uh, in release. It was supposed to be July 2023, but now it's been uh, swapped with the Marvels. So I think now it comes out in February or March. I forget which one, but they've uh, we'll get it soon. Kang's going to be there. Are they building on from introducing him in Loki with this other TV show here, and then you know we get a little bit more payoff in uh, in Ant Man? So. That might not mean anything. It might not be the case. This could just be Alexander the Great and nerds speculating. Yeah, I hope not. 
I sort of hate those those kind of weird things. Like I guess, and the, the the fandom goes nuts with that kind of stuff. I mean, it's kind of turned into a joke now that anytime there's potential mystery, everyone's like, "It's Mephisto." Mephisto you know, from all, yeah. <laughs> yeah, from all the Wandavision stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I hope it's just Alexander can stay Alexander. Not everything has to be, you know, connected tissue related. And I guess this show too, nothing is connected tissue at this stage, really, with anything yeah. other MCU. So it's. It might have to do with the payoff at the end of the sort of twist, I guess, at the end of this um, of this episode about maybe what is really real come um, come the reveal yeah. at the end of Ep five or end of Ep six or something. Maybe we do get a few more uh, connections there. We get a cameo set up for the future. I don't know, but maybe there is a a much bigger plan to not connecting it with the MCU and the idea of even this being a Kang thing. They've got two episodes. They don't have time yeah. to do, make this a Kang thing. And They've even really steered clear of it because it only occurred to me when I saw like all the gods on the shelf. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Bast slash Bastet is an Egyptian god. Mm. That's the god that they took. That's the cat god that they talk about in Black Panther, which makes sense because Black Panther's on the African continent as yeah. well. Like, like Wakanda is, is part of Africa, as is Egypt. So it's like, oh, yeah, we've never actually touched on the fact that Potentially, going forward, you know, someone from Wakanda could meet the avatar of their god. Yeah. Like, that's wild to me. That yeah. is absolutely wild to me. That would be so cool. Yeah. They did. They, there was something about that. I remember people seeing the, yeah, the cat god there. They, they confirmed something about it with Black Panther, but they also denied connections to Black Panther as well. So I'd have to go and research mm. that a bit. But yeah, like, that's cool. Like, any background sort of stuff like that, maybe they can you know patch together at the end fine but yeah don't we don't need it to be a big thing at the moment so i like yeah. the idea of the kang thing but if you don't have time to explain it don't let's come on let's not bother we've got two episodes yeah, exactly. left we've got so much to do so the big reveal at the end now didn't you say in the last episode apparently the was it the director or the writer or mm. someone was like oh guys the end of episode four is gonna blow everybody's minds it's gonna blow every like it was supposed to be a big sort of build-up thing to the end of episode four wasn't it yeah and there were a lot of american media that were granted uh, preview episodes to watch of Moon Knight like three weeks before release, not even three weeks before their episodes, but three weeks before even episode one premiered. And they were all given, I couldn't believe it, I still can't, in a six-episode series, they were given the first four episodes. But I guess when episode four ends the way that this does, a show about, you know, this guy that's got all this internal uh, turmoil going on and, and who's what's real and different personalities, blah, blah, blah to end it like this and then say, okay, you guys now have to wait six weeks and watch the rest of it. You can't spoil anything beyond this. Like, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I, I can tell why, but um, like when he got shot and then you see him sort of essentially sinking into a bottomless pit, it's like, oh, okay, this is some kind of cool visual because obviously that the, the, the depth in that thing was like a foot, you know, maybe two feet yeah. worth of water. Like it wasn't deep enough for someone to properly sink into. But what a throw when you know, it cuts to black and then it opens up and suddenly we've went from like, you know, 16-9 ratio into 4 by 3 and... Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah. It was a really cool little effect because it just it was like... And then obviously it, it looked like it went from being shot, you know, on beautiful film to being shot with someone's iPhone, you know, just like the, the frame rate was up or something. There's like the depth is all different. The grain, obviously, and the production, like it looked like very much like it was shot on a set. So it went on... I think only for like 45 seconds that bit, but that seemed like about 40 minutes when I first watched it because 
I didn't. Oh, they're like the TV show within the TV show. Yeah, and I didn't know what was going on. And my wife's sitting there, and I'm like, I don't know what's what she's gonna think. And then all of a sudden, when the guy says, you know, but you're Doctor Stephen Grant, and I'm like, oh shit, this is gonna. And then they pull out, and then rewatching it, you know, seeing how they went from the four by three, and is it sort of got sucked in? And then you sort of see the 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 sides, you know, it. it Made it back yeah, to well, the I did, original. I didn't um, notice any of that aspect ratio, and yeah, just a really cool little way to differentiate that. But then, like, I was essentially that Leonardo DiCaprio meme from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, as the camera panned around the room, and you see the the um the mimer painted in gold from episodes one and two, and he's doing the bingo, and I'm like, oh my god, that's him! And then they'd show like the cop, and then they'd show this person, they'd show that person, and you'd see some, you know, the drawing of um. Um, it like on a paper there was a there was just shit going yeah, on all over the, the place the action figure on the ground like, yeah and there, 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 all there was a country of the drawing of whatever it was there in the painting that was the um wherever it was that mark had uh or, or steven had ran off to in episode one and yeah and the cupcake on the tray yes and... yeah there was so much going on and okay even ethan hawk you know he's well he would be the evil one because he's the doctor that's trying to fix mark even though mark doesn't think there's anything wrong with him and he's obsessed with egyptian culture so he's kind of got these things that look like you know these egyptian god little um what did you call them before the oh uh, the canopic jars the, the jars as well and the little statues and stuff like all that sort of gear going on and i i like those little i've seen that and i'm trying to think of the movie that it reminded me of where you're like oh that's where they would have pulled that from and oh no wonder this character is going to think that maybe this is true but i say this without having seen episode five uh and we neither have seen six that i'm like okay well obviously this isn't real especially when mark goes in and meets Stephen, he unlocks him from his his tomb and they both are looking at each other in a physical form presence able to hug each other and embrace and and it's not an internal mind thing that they're having to um share a dialogue so sure obviously this is not real and the the, the room was moving and lights were swaying and stuff so clearly this isn't real uh, real it doesn't play within the rules of physics but is it as simple as this isn't real, but when he got shot and that entire world that we'd seen for the first four episodes was definitely real? Or is there some kind of, is there a bit of both? Like when he finally wakes up from this sort of mind prison that he's in at the end of episode four in the hospital or whatever, is what we've seen for the first three and a half, three and three quarter of episodes going to be kind of true, but with some variations and, it has kind of been the way that he's been perceiving it in his head. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm worried about what it could mean, but I'm also really excited that maybe what we've seen for the last four weeks might not be at all the truth, or certainly not all mm. of it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see the hype only because I've seen this sort of trope done so many times before. Yeah. Like. Stargate's done it. Hell, Buffy did it. <laughs> Star Trek's done it like five times. Yeah. Like that sort of whole thing. Oh, I, I wake up in a you know psychiatric ward yep. and everything I thought was real wasn't. Mate, like, I've been... written a script like that too. Like, yeah, it's it's on all levels of yeah. intelligence and nufties like been myself. Yeah, done. So yeah, I just didn't. I guess if I hadn't heard about the you know the creators going, oh, this end of episode four is going to blow your yeah. mind, blah blah blah. I probably wouldn't have. I had as much well, build up to and it. That's my but... fault too for you know hyping up what the hype was. So uh... oh, I mean, but they you know they put it out there in the first place. If I hadn't heard it from you, I would have seen it online or something. Surely, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was just like, oh, like we already, I've I've already seen it yeah. a, a dozen times. So I was like, and then to then sort of leave it on a cliffhanger, I was like, oh, I, I need I need resolution. I mean the. 
the hippo god at the end was a twist because mm. it's like okay well yeah because my thing when when sort of mark slash steven fell into the water i saw that as okay his body's like face down in the water because he's been shot or whatever and it's him retracting into his mind mm-hmm. and and all and all this typically all this psych ward stuff is all just happening in his brain. Yeah, it's over, all the, over in the his course mind. of like half a second sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, but he's made to think that it's real and it's, I don't know, maybe someone's trying to bring, maybe like Layla's there giving him CPR, mm. trying to bring him back to life. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, but then the the flip of like the talking hippo god at the end, I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. this is different. All right, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what we're, what we're doing here. Because yeah, the, the psych ward stuff didn't, didn't it don't impress me much as Shania Twain once said <laughs> yeah I like the detail of like a lot of the different things along the way you know like the you know the strap but then the wire and the hand like every different little bits and pieces I thought okay they've went they've went really out of their way not to just to show oh here's five characters and well he would like Layla because they seem like friends in real life and then you know mm. Ethan Hawke seems like the bad guy because it's the doctor telling him he's got to get fixed but just everything else that like background stuff that we've seen in episode two was was present but wasn't focused on so I um I really liked there yeah, the the, uh, the effort they went to but um yeah once the the hippo god comes into play it's like okay well that's different and you know I've heard some deep dives on it saying well that god his name is is I can't remember it now but is it that's her name and I think part of her god of uh, fertility right it's one of the things and so well but it also is is a god of something else and well maybe Mark's screaming the way that he's screaming because it's a giant hippo whereas Stephen's screaming because he understands what that god is the god of and it's yeah. bad luck for him so I did notice one little easter egg that obviously in was it episode 3 we started to be introduced to the idea of potentially there being a third personality mm. like mm. that's a really brutal personality and there was that moment it's like where so who do we wake up with first we wake up with mark in the in the psych ward don't we yes and then he and then he finds steven yep. banging from inside a sarcophagus mm. that's laying on the ground and then once they're together they keep walking and there's that third like red standing up sarcophagus yep. with someone banging on the inside and they just continue to walk past him yeah. for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm guessing that must be another allusion to this third personality mm. that neither of them know about. And then the thought too that, uh, and it might be something confirmed or otherwise in episode five, that we've already seen the third personality when Stephen was going to open up the sarcophagus of uh, or the tomb of Alexander the Great, then questioned whether he could do it. And then in the reflection, we're looking at Stephen and Stephen's like, Come on, you got to do this. Come on, buddy, you can do this. And people are like he, Stephen, and Mark has never called Stephen buddy. He's more, he's more oh. aggressive to him. He's always, he's a lot meaner than that to him. And I think he might, if he ever refers to him as anything by name, it's, it's always Stephen. He's never called him buddy. And they said that particular reflection that said that there were like you know hieroglyphs in the way and stuff because like the the reflective surface was very uneven. They said that you can see a uh, a moustache, and the third personality that everyone's waiting for is this. Is it Jake? Uh, or I think, and they're like, well, Jake has a moustache, or maybe he doesn't. But they're like, well, they'll mad oh. that for the show. I don't know. I'm a Moon Knight Nufty, and I hope a lot of people listening uh, are also in the same uh, in the same boat. But uh, they said, yeah, we might have already. Not only seen him in episode three, some of the blackouts were because of him, but we don't know that yet. We're only led to believe because of the way Mark and Steven spoke to each other. But then maybe we have already actually seen him in this show, but because it wasn't a clear image, 
we don't know that as an audience. And Stephen only thinks that it's Mark talking to him. So, um, yeah, you would think that after Mark freed Stephen from a sarcophagus, a similar noise coming out of a similar-looking tomb, you'd want to open that and have a crack as well. But there, I guess there was enough other stuff going on that you can that you can get away with it. But, yeah, to go yeah. back, I guess, to what you were saying before that we spoke last week and my worry was, well, this is our introduction to the character. I don't want a whole episode where we don't have Moon Knight. That happened. Now we're going to have one of the two remaining episodes that this show has to wrap itself up by being set in a imaginary mind prison while he works out his own inner turmoil. Which, you know, I, I can't I can't fear for that too much because that would be more character development and a character-driven episode rather than just being shot at and turning into a, uh, a vengeful Egyptian, you know, god avatar. But um, I shouldn't worry about all this Marvel stuff now because these, these are similar problems I've had in the past and it's all been okay. I guess in the past, though, these shows have... Their second last episodes have quite often been... If not their best, then very, very good. That's if it's a six episode uh, yeah, run, that's sort of about that. four or five episodes would be great. And they you know, generally speaking, their finales have not been as good as their previous episode, the penultimate episode. You know, I loved <laughs> episode five of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I really enjoyed episode six. I really did, but you know, endings are hard. We speak about this all the time on Geek, on Gate. Endings are hard. So what do you you know? What do you do? But I just think this because this feels like such a contained story so far. I, I want to hope, yeah. You know, I want to hope that they you know know what they're doing and they've got you know two hours to do it or you know a collective as I guess of an hour and a half um, story time to do it outside of credits. But just the idea of having a second straight episode of Moon Knight having no Moon Knight. I don't want this show to suddenly start getting compared to, you know, Boba Fett, where it's like, ah, the guy it's named after isn't even in this show. <laughs> Which is, you know, fair enough for Boba Fett, where the character, the look, doesn't have to be the helmet, but even Tamura Morrison was not in that show for nearly two episodes. Whereas this... I don't care if we don't get Moon Knight in the costume. If we get Steven and Mark, which we have for almost every minute of this entire series so far, that's mm. good enough for me. So uh, I kind of, you know, I'm excited enough by the the mind prison thing that I'm like, I want to see what they can do. If we're stuck in this guy's head while he works shit out, while he's trying not to die drowning in an Egyptian temple, um, yeah, bring it on, I think, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. Look at you. God, you've done very well today. Not 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 revealing anything, although you might have and I get to next week and I uh, I mean, yeah. I'm, he got me, hey? But you've done I am very no, well. I am known for unintentionally letting out spoilers, but I think I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I mean, yes. I've only seen episode 5 once. So, yes. not not a lot of it stuck. So, I mm. I typically I've been going back before the new episodes drop. Yeah. I actually go back and watch the previous episode. Yeah. Just to sort of give me a refresher because the previously ons don't really do it enough. I'm like, no, no, I wanna, I wanna know what's what's going on. So, yeah. Which is, I think, the first time I've done it because, yeah, like, I don't know that I've ever gone back and done. I've definitely haven't gone back and done any extra watches of Loki mm. or Hawkeye. I watched Falcon the Loki Soldier. finale twice, but that was only because I think I was so tired the first time that it was oh, so much dialogue right. that I'm like, I've got to go back and watch that, and I really 
really yeah. liked the finale the second time. So um, I've watched every one of these episodes twice. The second time I might have only just been listening to it, yeah. but it was probably because we were going to do the podcast that well, I mean, day. It's, and I wanted to it's be also the, the property we know the least about yeah. in terms of all the others. It's like the one we know least about. So mm. I think Falcon Winter Soldier, I went back and watched like that opening you know, fight scene yeah. with the helicopter and, and Falcon. I've maybe watched that three or four times because that, <laughs> that, was, that was really cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's about it. Well, I don't know whether you saw you don't don't say anything either way, but um, if you didn't do it, I'm about to say that those of us who haven't watched episode five, certainly myself, uh, do with it. Uh, watch it to the end of the credits because I want to say that for most of these shows so far, we get to that penultimate episode, and that's where we have our post credit scene. They don't oh, do it. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I we definitely. I think it was episode. F- well, it's hard with WandaVision because we had, what, nine episodes of that show? Yeah. So I think it was maybe episode seven. Uh, Ralph Boner, he he saw someone standing at the top of the attic. Um, oh, when Wanda yep, went yep, down, yep. before we got the... It was Monica. Agatha all along. Monica, right? She was up the top and he came along and yeah. like knocked her over the head or something, you know, and it was like, oh my God, he's she, part of this as well. She heads towards the basement. She opens up those cellar doors, like those yep. storm cellar doors, and then yep. he's like right behind her, yeah. I feel like that was the third last episode and uh, we're like, oh my God, he's a part of this. And then I feel like in the penultimate episode of every other show, we've gotten some kind of post-credit scene and they don't do it in their in their finales for whatever reason so if you didn't do it i'd say go back and have a look and for those of us that haven't watched it i'll be doing it myself and i've been doing it i'm having a look right now good i've been having a well don't say anything either way because i I, I don't want to go on anyone to complain of any type of spoilers myself included but (laughs) i've i've let it run every because i trust disney plus that once it pops up with like a suggestion to watch something else or hey this episode is it's going to play the next one that's it. That's its lights on at the cinemas. That's when someone definitively tells you there's nothing on beyond this. So uh, nothing has happened so far, but I'm going to let it ride in episode the five. The problem as well. I find with the the Disney Plus shows is the credits are as long as like a feature credit. Like I get They're there's obviously that many long, people working yeah. on them, but they have, you know, it might be a six or like it's if it's a forty seven minute episode. You know that at least eight minutes of that yeah. is going to be credits. I know and it's, it's annoying. Like, it's, really? Yeah, it's irritating because I get so excited for longer ones. They still do the stylistic credits, and then they do just the black and white scrolly credits, and it's like, yeah. Oh and then there's like a full three minutes at the end of like the the international dub people or yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the, the <laughs> subtitle people, yeah. and I'm like, really? Like people who actually worked on the show didn't get as long a credit as that. And it's been worse uh, for. I want to say worse for the Star Wars shows because they do the same thing. They still have like your eight minute credits, but you'll open up an episode of the, of the Mandalorian. It's like it's a thirty seven minute episode. I'm like, okay, cool, and then I'm like, oh, it's actually going to be sub half an hour because there are so mm. many credits. And I love that, like you said, they're stylistic credits. They're fantastic. Moon Knight, I love what they've done, and they've probably been just as creative with a lot of other ones, and I've just not paid any attention. But with Moon Knight, how the first shot that pops up is the shot of a moon. Uh, in a wide shot and the moon is like it went from being like a a new moon in episode one to being a crescent and then a little bit more and now it's like it's gone past halfway so it's like six different iterations of the moon and by the end of the final episode it will be a full moon so i like that and then it just goes around the music i love the score of this show the the score that follows around harrow is particularly good but even just that you really, are a score whore aren't you I, I am a score whore god i love that I'm, 
Can you make me up a t-shirt that says score whore? God, that's a bit... <laughs> <laughs> I'm Captain Chronology tre- and a score whore. With a treble clef. Just a yeah. score whore treble clef. <laughs> Just give me like, give me a black book with pictures of John Williams and Hans Zimmer in it. <laughs> just slowly unwrapping their wands. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, take it off. Take it off. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, my... Show, uh... show me that five, six. <laughs> Poor old Sarah, like when we've done through an episode and I just sit there... And I guess for someone that's not paying attention, and she probably is, but if anyone's not, the credits are exactly the same every single week. And it's like, why do you feel the need to watch this? And it's like, well, okay, it's Marvel. We're looking for a post-credit. But also I'm like, oh, I want to see how this changes this week. And between last week and this week, this is going to look different. And uh, you know, also I just really enjoy the music. So anyway, I'll be doing that episode <laughs> five. I'll stick around, see if there is post-credits. But maybe it is so separate from every other Marvel property, they're not even going to do a post-credit scene at any point. I still feel like that's they're trying to take ownership of that, so we'll see what happens. Oh boy, we're uh, we're nearly at fifty minutes, and uh, I feel like mm. you've you've done as much as you can without talking about episode five. So I thank you, and I'm I've reached probably <laughs> my end before I start asking questions that are going to require answers from episode five. So uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did see a funny bit of trivia on Instagram today, where I don't know how true it is, but they said apparently for a little while, um, Shia LaBeouf was up for the role. You know what? I feel like that brings up a memory I had for like from years ago. They I must feel like have he been could like... play. He could play that well. Like someone with DID, Holy I think he could play shit. really, really well. Yeah. That's bringing back some memories. I feel like maybe they've toyed with the idea of this character then for years. Or maybe people were fan casting or something. Maybe it's as simple as that. But I did hear Shia LaBeouf in the conversation. This could have been a year ago. could have been eight years ago. I can't remember. But yeah, wow. And he would, yeah, he's just crazy enough. Like Oscar Isaac is like talented, like crazy. Shia LaBeouf's just, he, he is talented too, but he's also crazy in real life. So... I've, I can see that very easily. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if you put Oscar Isaac and Shia LaBeouf up and said, one of these two people has to play someone with multiple personalities, I would straight away go, I would cast Shia LaBeouf. So that's that's been the great part of Moon Knight, is seeing what Oscar Isaac can actually do. And he's he's been absolutely fascinating to watch. Yeah. And and really, really good. Yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Such a good range, yeah. And, like, I, I've, I've really enjoyed Ethan Hawke. Like, he just talks really, really low a lot of the time. And I mm. still think he does that better than a lot of other people that do a similar thing with their own characters and different properties and thing. I just I feel like it just it suits it, and you know it is one of those great bad guys. Where this guy genuinely thinks he's doing the right thing. He knows he's doing bad things for the right reason, which some other bad guys actually fail to see. They just they think that what they're doing is right no matter what. Whereas he's like, yeah, I'm doing the wrong thing. But again, that that bit of audio I played last week. Sometimes the cure is a little taste of the disease. And what was the second half of mm. it? Sometimes the difference between poison. And oh yeah, what was it? Wasn't cure, but I'm going to use cure again. It's like sometimes the difference between poison and cure is just dosage, or poison and medicine is just dosage. I was like, holy shit, that's a great, that's a great line. Um, And it was particularly poignant with with something that was going on in the news at the time. I was like, whoa, that's a, it's so simple, and it's not like mind blowing, but it was just like hearing him deliver it um, as a bad guy talking to a good guy, not fighting, just a great little dialogue setting up the story still so yeah i've uh, I'm, I'm really liking this show so um mm. all right two-thirds of the way through you've got a taste of episode five you know where i'm heading into 
And you know what? I would say come over on Wednesday night and watch episode six so that I know that you don't watch it without me. But uh, <laughs> Wednesday's my wedding anniversary, and I don't know if that shit's going to fly. So, uh... no, I mean, that's fine. How many times is how many times have I texted you and Sarah's gone, oh, your boyfriend's on the phone? So, yeah, yeah, quite I a mean, bit. Yeah. It, I mean, it would only be fitting, I guess. But yeah, yeah put yourself to bed, Sarah. We've got TV to watch. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that'd be that'd be two nights in a row because we're doing Doctor Strange on and Multiverse of Madness on Tuesday night. So, well, I mean, you know, just just sleep over and we'll make a couple of days. We'll make a little camp out <laughs> of it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Look, darling, Maddie's going to be here in the morning of her anniversary, and he's going to be here at night time. Okay, so. Yeah. Uh, you just need to decide whether you're gonna let him be the big spoon or the little spoon. <laughs> he just said he's very good at spooning, okay? That's all I know. <laughs> Alright, that is episode three of On Your Left Marvel Talk here on Get Into Geek. Uh, if this is your first time hearing our Moon Knight chat, hey, go back and see what we thought about episodes one, two, and three. And uh, you know what? I will give a little tease because it might need the help. If you know you've at all seen any of the, or maybe you still watch some of them, the uh, the DC shows, CW or otherwise, uh, we used to do a DC TV show years ago. Myself, Ben, Terry, we stopped that. Those other two fell off the shows. I kept watching, and uh, you know we got asked enough times to, you know, hey, do you want to do you want to bring back the DC shows? And I'm like, mm, it'd just be me. But okay, I'll do it and give like five minute wrap ups of each episode. <laughs> well, look, I've had about, I've had more than enough in the can ready to go and just have been too lazy to upload them because I'm talking about episodes that premiered over a year ago. But I'm like, you know what? It's kind of a rewatch. People can go through a rewatch. I am going to start posting those these this week. And over the weekend, there are announcements that two of the shows have been cancelled. So I am now talking yes. about... Yes. I mean, sorry. Yes. Well, you cancelled them, I believe. I think I think Petition <laughs> People Power from Matthew Gibson uh, made a difference. So I am now talking about shows in their final seasons. And I didn't know that when I recorded these episodes. So if you are looking for some other geek stuff to burn, um, if you are interested in the DC TV shows, if you've watched them, if you just want to re-listen to them, if you want to re-watch them and listen to what a first-timer thinks, uh, stay tuned to our Get Into Geek podcast channel channels and look out for capes and cowls which is our dc talk on getting to get see you just wanted to do them just so you could use that name didn't you that's all that was you were just so stoked with that name you were like you know what i got i've got to assign it to something and i've you know i'm gonna wear a cowl when i do it you know so of course i had to name it that and of course that's... and nothing else <laughs> just a cape and a cowl and nothing else look and if anything if nothing else what if listen to it and let your imagination take you to places so uh look out for it this week hit, hit up the patreon for the visuals of that one <laughs> or only fans we'll see we'll see hey, how look, it goes we got, we'll we got accounts everywhere you can find content we'll just see what depends on the camera angle depends on whether it ends up on patreon or only <laughs> would you like me to do the patreon camera or the only fans camera <laughs> one's wider than the other get into geek